On a calm, sunny day, a man sits on the beach, enjoying the sunshine, with his fishing rod in the water, excited by the prospect of catching a fish. A businessman is taking a brief walk by the beach for his lunch hour to relieve some stress from the workday. He sees the man fishing and decides to see why he is fishing rather than working. He approaches the fisherman boldly and says, You aren't going to be catching many fish that way. You know, you should be working, not lounging around fishing. Clearly unagitated, the fisherman asks back, And what would my reward be? Of all the branches of philosophy, Stoicism is the most pragmatic and actionable. It's about finding tranquility independent of circumstance by understanding and mastering what you control and letting go of what you don't. This podcast is about bridging the gap between the beautiful, concise teachings of the Stoics and everyday life. Each week, we bring quotes from the Stoics that are meaningful to us on our journey to better embody the ideals that they taught, with the hope that seeing personal struggle will be universally applicable. So I have a friend who is studying to be a doctor. And as part of that, he has to shadow other doctors for quite a few hours. I don't have a number on how many hours, but it's quite a bit. And he had an interesting experience shadowing a doctor who he knew personally, so he felt more confident asking questions. And this doctor, he knew he made around $350,000 a year, so quite a bit of money. And when they were talking the doctor told him about working extra hours to make extra money. And my friend thought that was interesting because he said, you know, but you make $350,000 a year. Why do you work extra hours to make more money? And the doctor responded to him and said, you spend what you make. And the idea behind it was, he was spending as much as he was making. So he was needing to work extra hours to be able to spend more. And the theme of this episode is how to be wealthy. And we had a good quote to go into this experience by Epictetus, where he says, Wealth consists not in having great possessions, but in having few wants. If the doctor was listening to this, he he might want to check that. (laughs) I mean, maybe he's only working like 40 hours, 40 hours a a week there at his, his job, but it does seem like perhaps there's something else that you could do once you've made $350,000 in a year with your time besides just getting more money. But that does go into this type of idea that they talk about in The Millionaire Next Door, where as soon as you take one of these, quote, high status positions, like a doctor, where people expect you to be wealthy, and they expect you to to look like it, there's, there's all these different things that you have to do to keep up with that, right? You have to have a nice car, you have to wear nice clothes, you have to wear nice jeans. But the interesting part about that is you're wearing nice jeans in your nice car to go to work so you can get more money so then you can get nicer jeans and a nicer car. Like it's this weird circle at a certain point. 
So what we really wanted to get at today, and I think there's actually multiple different perspectives on this, um, from ju- even Justin and I's standpoint of just what what should your relationship or what would the Stoics have to say about your relationship with money and and careers and jobs? That brings us into an opportunity we have to hopefully bridge what the Stoics have said and everyday life and my own decision-making. And I have the, basically I need to decide whether or not to take a job offer. And I wanted to use this as an opportunity to understand my own desires and see what would be, and we're not, we've talked about this a little before we started recording, but we're not condemning taking or not taking it. This isn't a decision of there's a stoic choice to make and there's a non-stoic choice to make, but there is a stoic way to make the decision and a non-stoic way to make the decision. The best way that we thought of coming to that is just getting to the why. So I guess with your job, Justin, what do you want in a job and why do you want it? I guess one, a few easy things to say would be food and shelter and money. Basically a way to make a living, you know, be able to provide for hopefully a future family in a way that would provide a comfortable life. That's it? That's all you want from a job? Well, and then a little beyond that is, I mean, that's the basis of it. Basically, if I'm starving in the street, I'll take any job. I don't care how much I like it or not. But if I have those things in a job, then I would probably look for a job where I feel like my work is meaningful and I'm fulfilled. And so with this job... It is interesting because in some ways, and I'm doing an internship there right now, so I'm I'm getting to see the inner workings of the machine. And at times it does feel like if I were to take a job there, I would just feel like a cog in the machine. A well-paid replaceable cog, though, in the machine. (laughs) The Stoics talk about how there's two types of desires, at least, and one is natural and the natural ones have like a natural way of being satiated. So if you're hungry, you can have food. If you're cold, you can have shelter, things like that. There's a, there's a logical true end to them, but then there's these desires that we kind of concoct or unnatural ones, which are unsatiable. Like I want everybody to like me. Uh, or I want to be the richest man in the world or, uh, like there's, there's just no natural end. Like I want to be the wealthiest man that ever lived. It's like, okay, so if you are the wealthiest man that ever lived, are you going to be satisfied at that point? Or what if somebody in the future is going to come along and be even more wealthy than you? So then you need to get another, another extra billion to like pad the stats or whatever between you and that future person. So food, you can eat, tell your stuff. Obviously, like the the need will come back again, but uh, this unnatural thing is just like it. There's no end. <laughs> and so, when we're talking about your desires, right? I guess the ones that are clearly like the natural ones is 
food and shelter and kind of having like a material sense of security. Like that's pretty low on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there any unnatural desires you have about this job? Like perhaps wanting the approval of others or your dad to say good job, son, or something like that. If only he would ever say that. Well, I, I think for sure there are some, uh, like you said, kind of the admiration of others. I think it's a very state. It's, it, it, I think it's a very attractive looking job for me and all my friends who are graduating college right now where it's kind of a job that looks like, Oh, you have it made. And so you get kind of a lot of pats on the back on your way out. And I'm sure my parent, my mom would be thrilled. You know, she says, Oh, like he'll be okay. He can take care of my future grandkids, you know? So there's a lot of just approval and praise that comes from taking a job that feels like, I, I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like it's not, the most glamorous job in the world, but it it is one that would be very stable. And so my mom would look at it and say, great. My dad would look at it and say, perfect. You know, he'll pay pay the bills forever. And so there, there definitely are some unnatural desires that I think it does feed into. So if you take this job, what you're saying is, that the next time you go to Thanksgiving, your parents aren't going to bother you about getting a wife. <laughs> well, <laughs> like you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll have crossed that box off, right? Like now I'm an approved son. <laughs> or once you get that wife and you have the job, then surely, surely that's the finish line. I mean, that's actually a really good point. I mean, I think that shows really well how kind of it is an insatiable desire because once you get approval in one thing, then there's always something else that is always not approved of, or it could be a little better. If you're looking for approval, you're not going to find it in a job, right? Like you're, you're not going to find the end of that desire, right? Cause the end of that desire isn't more approval. It's, and, and this is what the Stokes get into is just removing the need for approval. <laughs> and there's, there's a quote by Masonius Rufus, Wouldn't anyone admit how much better it is instead of working hard at getting possession at someone else's wife to work hard to restrain your desires or instead of being distressed about money to train yourself to want little or instead of working to be famous to work to not thirst for fame instead of finding a way to hurt someone you envy to find a way to not envy anyone and instead of acting as a slave to false friends and as sycophants do to suffer hardships in in order to find true friends. Could you define sycophants for me? Sycophant, like roughly, is um, someone that just really needs the attention of others or needs the approval of others, right? Like where they're just like willing to throw themselves around for that. I mean, you could look up the definition. That's at least what I understand it to be. Okay. Like when you're making a decision on on like a career or something to do, you should look at it to give you the things that it actually can give you, and not for the things that it can never really actually solve, right? Because a job isn't going to solve your emotional needs or like approval <laughs> with your parents. And I'm just making that up. <laughs> um, but like, it's it's not going to solve like people loving you. 
more money isn't necessarily going to solve like that aching hole in your heart or whatever that there needs to be some meaning like uh right like a job can solve food it can put you in proximity with good people or bad people <laughs> uh like it can be doing something that you find meaningful or it can do something that you don't find meaningful so like the the stoic is kind of viewing it in that way it's about kind of selecting what your wants are and then making sure that the wants are being taken care of in a way that they can most people when they're thinking about like these work decisions uh they get caught up in like yeah like i've heard it said like like people when they get a salary right they get really excited when they make their first like initial purchase they're like they get a new car and they're like so excited like oh i've got a salary now and i got a new car and everything's great but then what you realize is the shine kind of wears off of the car. And in about three months, then, then they're excited about, oh, I got this new grill. <laughs> and why don't you come over and see this grill? And like, it's super exciting. And like, and I feel like career people in particular, like, cause in college you don't have anything. Uh-huh. And so it's, it's not really a temptation to see like, Hey, look at this $5, like hamburger I bought or whatever, you know, like there's, there's nothing that's like actually enviable. <laughs> When you're making minimum wage, right? people get on what is called the hedonic treadmill. There was a study, I was reading up on this on psychology.com. And so uh, Brickman and Campbell, like they studied a group of lottery winners. And, and what was really interesting, they studied lottery winners and people that got in car accidents with life-changing effects. And they, they found that both the lottery winners and the accident victims return to their pre-event happiness levels within about a few months or years after those major events. Hmm. Even when these external events happen to us, whether they're like really negative or really positive, we eventually get used to them and we return to like kind of our baseline level of happiness or our baseline level of viewing the world eventually. And what I think is really interesting is because this study kind of really shows why stoicism and the way of viewing the world that like external things are never going to make or neither good nor bad is exactly this, right? It's like, even, even if really bad things happen to you or really good things in the traditional uses of those words, you're ultimately going to return to your own opinion, your own views and get back to that same state. So, um, I just think it's interesting because it's a trap that you can see a lot of young professionals falling into, right? Like as if this next thing that they buy is happiness. Mm. Yeah. It kind of what you were talking about where, you know, somebody finally gets that paycheck, you know, you go from making nothing to suddenly having a salary job. It feels like a lot of money. And so buying those things you need or want like a car, it's really exciting the first few times and then you're in the car sitting in traffic and suddenly it's not exciting to be in the car anymore. <laughs> you know, it just suddenly it's just a vehicle to get you around, which was what you had before. And so it just kind of like you said, the, the shine wears off and you're left living life. You haven't made a new life. You've just gotten a new thing that kind of shakes it up for a minute, but then you adapt to that new level of happiness 
and then you need something new to shake it up. And so the alternative of it, which is what the Stoics really found out, right, is is it's not really getting it new possessions, but it's it's in working on your own self and like your own desires and your own wants and your own needs. Like gratitude, for instance, um, like the practice of it, like those types of – so. And, and, and in their article, they go on to like list a, a number of different things that you can do to increase like your baseline level of happiness. Mm-hmm. But it's like, for instance, but yeah, like a, a very stoic thing, like stoics talk about like negative visualization, right? Like, oh, if I lost this thing, how much would I appreciate it today if I had lost it? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's uh, really in line with what Brickman and Campbell found with like, yeah, if you, if you focus on gratitude for what you have, you're going to improve your situation no matter what the externals are. And so it's not like looking for a job or a car or money or whatever to solve this stuff. But like what what you can actually do to solve this is just go inside. Right. And, and work on that, that stuff. Like you should make good, logical, rational decisions on, on what you do with the job, but the job isn't really what matters, which is why stoicism isn't going to tell you what to do for your job. <laughs> um, it's only going to tell you like how you should approach the job, you know? Right. And, and how you should approach life while you're working. Well, whenever I'm sick, I always think, how could I have taken being healthy for granted all this time? Or an even more intense one. Well, I feel like the most intense one when I have like a canker sore in the middle of my mouth from where like, I like bit my lip one too many times on accident. And it's so painful. Yeah, there's literally nothing worse than a canker sore. There's nothing more painful. (laughs) And And I'm trying to eat something and it's so painful to just eat something. And I think, how could I have taken eating for granted all this time? And, but I, I guess kind of the, the way the Stokes look at that to enjoy their life more is, you know, when I am eating without a canker sore, I think, wow, what a privilege to be able to eat without pain. Or when I am healthy, just to say, wow, I am healthy. What a treat. And I, I do like to add one more just tiny quote into this, but Epictetus when he says, enjoy it while it's there, but don't miss it when it's gone. It's the idea to not get too attached to that, but just being grateful for what is there. You know, right now my mouth doesn't hurt when I eat. I just had a canker sore this like last week. It was awful. It was like one of the worst ones I feel like I've ever had. (laughs) Anyway, that's why it's fresh in my mind. And I'm trying to be grateful for eating now. But, But it's... Be grateful. Enjoy it while it's here. Like right now, my mouth feels great and fine. And it's, I should just enjoy that while I have it. But if my mouth is hurting, also don't, don't get down on myself and hate my life. You know, it's, I don't want to turn into the swing of emotions of like, if my life is going a little bit better now, I'm happy. Or if it takes a turn, then I'm distraught. But instead, I can enjoy whatever life is giving me in the moment. Which is the way to let yourself fly off the back of the hedonic treadmill, so to speak. Yeah, I think the the Stoics really understand this concept well because wealth can be taken from you. Your title can be taken from you. Your reputation, 
your cankerless sore or your canker soreless mouth can be ruined in a day. So the best strategy isn't being dependent on those things to give you a sense of meaning and purpose in life. Like the best strategy is to, yeah, live in each day with a sense of appreciation and understanding of just kind of the beauty of what's here at this moment. And that's, (laughs) that's the right strategy, no matter what your job is. Justin was making fun of my alarm clock It's because (laughs) it's definitely, I don't know, you know, those people that wake up in the morning and they just have a super inspirational alarm clock that really gets you motivated for life. I I know one person. I'm one of those kinds of people. Well, I mean, I'll (laughs) say I'm a sucker for inspirational quotes and inspirational music, but even I had to say this is a little over the top. No, no, it doesn't go far enough. And so what we wanted to do is just put this up there for you, uh, for the audience. And one of these quotes really applied to today's conversation by Steve Jobs. And so we have that in there as well. Um, But we'll play it for you and then you can decide whose side you're on on this debate. Face your doubts, master your fears, cast not away therefore your confidence. Stay the course, see the beauty of life unfold for you. I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. You are squirted out for the sin. I will say, it is to wage war by sea, land, and air, with all our might, and with all the strength that God can give us. To wage war against a monstrous tyranny, never surpassed in the dark and lamentable catalog of human crime. That is our policy. You ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. For without victory there is no survival. Believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking and don't settle. As with all matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it. And like any great relationship, it just gets better and better as the years roll on. So keep looking, don't settle. For the past 33 years, I've looked in the mirror every morning and asked myself, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I am about to do today? So we're sitting here after listening to that beautiful alarm clock and Justin has just got out his third box of Kleenexes and is finishing those up. 
I am inspired thoroughly and ready to just take on the day. Now, okay, let me put you all in the mind of Bruce, I guess. Imagine you wake up to your alarm clock sometime before 7 a.m. And you know how you feel in the morning. I struggled to get up. And you just hear these people just bombarding you with these like inspirational quotes. I mean, maybe it, maybe it does make waking up a little early. Maybe I maybe I need to give it a shot before I start knocking it. Yeah, I I, I have to you'd ask be a though, whole different. You know person. how when you put your favorite song as your alarm clock and you grow to hate it? Did that ever happen with these quotes or? No, I I love Every them. Day like got better. Yeah. Yeah. Just your bed <laughs> well, it's just for the past three three years. Yeah. Victory. Victory. Yeah, because he. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, none of the speakers are really over the top in the in the alarm clock, right? They're, they're just they're passionate. They're 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 people that are actually doing stuff in the world and accomplishing it and have this vision for the future. And so, I I mean, it's not like your hurrah hurrah stuff, right? Uh. <laughs> Like, I don't know. I would definitely separate it out from the, you are powerful, you are strong, oh, right? Okay. It's like, for the last 33 years, I've woken up every day of my life and asked myself, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I'm about to do today? Right? Like, that's a, that's such a great thing to wake up to every morning, right? Like, like if this was the last day, is this what I would choose to I, do? I do really you know? like that sentiment. Good stuff like that. And a very stoic sentiment as well. Well... Yeah, now we can go to your outro. I hope it's good. The fisherman asks him back, and what would my reward be? The businessman said, well, you could get bigger nets so you could catch more fish. And then what would my reward be? You can make more money and buy a boat so you can catch bigger fish. You can hire people to work the boat and catch the fish for you. And then you don't even have to work as much. And then what would my reward be? You could build a fleet of fishing boats and have tons of employees sail all over the world catching fish. And then what would my reward be? You can become so rich that you never have to work again. The businessman clearly gets more agitated. He says you can spend all the rest of your days sitting on the beach looking at the sunset without a single care in the world. The fisherman smiled and replied, and what do you think I'm doing right now? <laughs>